Are you ready? Ready to release internal pain? To find confidence, clarity, and direction for your future? To live a life of meaning, fulfillment, and contribution? To trust your intuition again, but something's been holding you back? You've come to the right place. Welcome. I'm Ian Hawkins, the host and founder of the Grief Code podcast. Together, let's heal your unresolved or unknown grief by unlocking your grief code. As you tune in to each episode, you will receive insight into your own grief, how to eliminate it and what to do next. Before we start, I have one request. If any new insights or awareness land with you during this episode, please send me an email at info at ianhawkinscoaching.com and let me know what you found. I know the power of this work and I love to hear the impact these conversations have. Okay, let's get into it. Today's guest, Jeff Cordner, had to experience what no parent should have to experience, finding out that his son had had an accident and had not made it. And he shares in this chat how he managed to get through that time, how with his other son and his wife, they've been able to grow on the other side of that. But also he shares just how painful, how difficult that whole situation was. And if you've been through any sort of loss like this, you're going to get so much value and validation and and support by hearing his story and his message and hope that he gave through this conversation and and he inspired me in a in a number of areas as well so uh i hope you love this one as much as i did and welcome to this week's guest jeff cordner how are you jeff i'm well thanks Ian. thanks for having me on you're so welcome uh now we just had a brief chat before we came on and um i can tell this is going to be quite uh, a moving and emotional conversation i really appreciate you you sharing and being open to this conversation so so tell us we connected through a, a mutual friend who was shining a lot on some of the work you've done and some of the the writing that you've done to help other people can you share a little bit about what that is and and how that you were you came to be inspired to to do that well, it, it goes back uh, just over four years to um, Australia Day 2019. Uh, my, my youngest son, Ben, um, went to a house party that day. He had actually asked us that day if he could have the party at our house. Um, and we had some visitors coming from overseas that were going to be arriving the next day. So we said, look, we'd, we'd rather not have... Um, have it at our place. Uh, so, some another friend of his um, uh, uh, took on that uh, responsibility of having the party. Um, and during the course of the afternoon, um, the house was built on a very steep um, block of land, and uh, there was a swimming pool at, at, uh, down the bottom, and it was a sort of a split-level house. I don't know the exact precise details of, of, of how things unfolded and I, I haven't sought to cross-examine friends about it because uh, I've, I just don't feel that I'm going to find anything that's going to make me feel better. But anyway, during the course of the day, some of the boys were uh, they were jumping into the pool and then they went onto one of the balconies and they were jumping from the balcony into the pool. 
And at some point, um, I think three of the boys went onto the roof to jump from the roof into the pool. And uh, the first kid who did that uh, made it into the pool safely. And Ben was the next one to attempt it. And he landed on the edge of the pool and he suffered injuries, internal injuries and head injuries from which he never recovered. And um, he, uh, he was kept alive by some of his friends and uh, then paramedics attended and he ended up uh, being taken to North Shore Hospital and uh, they were unable to, to save him. Um, and it was, as you can imagine, uh, just a, a devastating uh, course of events for us as a family. We, uh, I, I can remember not, not long before that Ben had had his 21st birthday party and I can still recall quite vividly standing up the front. He, uh, my wife and I had both spoken and his brother spoke, his older brother spoke, who he wasn't originally intended to, but he did, and, and Ben spoke. And it was very heartfelt and emotional. And yeah. I, can, I can remember thinking at that moment, this is the happiest moment of my life. I, I can't imagine being any happier than what I am right this minute because, you know, there was the love between us was so obvious, and uh, and that uh, and then it was really only about three months after that that that, that Ben died, and um, so this led me in in due course uh, to feeling the need to uh, express what I was going through, um, and. Uh, through, it probably started to snowball, I think, through COVID, the, the COVID lockdown period of 2020. Uh, and and my, my wife and my son and I were up the coast and um, we were up there before the lockdown came, came uh, into place. So we were able to stay there. And I did a lot of writing through that period. And I realised that, uh, you know, some of it might be uh, worth sharing um, about the process of losing someone close to you and then coping with that. And on top of that, it was also about sharing uh, who my son Ben was uh, because, you know, I, I believe and I know parents are biased, but I, I believe both our, our boys are just amazing young men. And the thing with Ben is, though, he, you know, all the people that he might have come into contact with and influenced over the course of his life, if he'd lived to, to a ripe old age, that's never going to happen. And I just feel yeah. this responsibility to share some of who he was with 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 a, with a wider audience. And that's why I set up this uh, blog uh, that I call the Beniverse, and uh, and that's that's what that blog is about. And um, you know, I've uh, I found it a, a really helpful thing for me, but I know from other people who've been. Uh, accessing it that uh, it, it's also struck a chord with them as well yeah magic um and it is an amazing that despite all that pain we can still find a way to to bring light to to other people's lives through what we've been through look it, it does make a big difference i, th I think um I, it makes a big difference to me to know that there are people who are connecting with it um 
it's been helpful for me, even if no one was to read it, it's still been helpful for me to express what I'm feeling because just as talking about it like we are today yeah. is beneficial for me, um, you know, putting it down on paper uh, has also had that, you know, really therapeutic effect and, and um, I, uh, and, and if it's, if it's having a benefit for just one other person, let alone, you know, many, then, then that's, uh, that, that obviously is, is very, very heartwarming for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I, I thank you for sharing Jeff. Um, from my experience, the writing part was like, I cried so much when I first started that I just, it was, I guess it's those private things that you kind of keep to yourself and being able to externalize them. There's just so much power in that, like to be able to get it out of your head and try and start making some sense of it, even, and especially about around something that we often can't even make sense of. Absolutely. And and the thing that um, I was really, I was really scared about uh, to start with um, that I would forget that I would forget things about my time with Ben. And and that was one of the reasons why I started sort of keeping a little bit of a, a journal almost from day one. Right. I just, every time I would think about uh, an event from our past, our shared past, I would go and write it down. And um, it that, that um, I'm so glad I did that then because I know there are things I wrote about then that I may not, have remembered now four years on, but because I wrote about them then, it's they're still there and I can access them at any time. And um, the fear of the fear of forgetting is is uh, is a really really um, powerful one uh, uh, motivation at, at that time. And um, and 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 even now, um, all the things that I've written and, and published, um, I know that at any time in the future I can come back to them. And uh, and and know that you know they're there in, in sort of in, in perpetuity, which which means a lot. Yeah, magic, love it. So, are you are you okay if I just take you back to more around that the actual day, Ben's passing? Yep. Yes. Yep. So that all unfolded. When do you become aware, and and how did you find out, and and what? Like, what sort of impact did that have on on you? Well, my wife and I were actually at home on, uh, that evening um, and uh, we, we'd been doing, believe it or not, we'd actually, it was a Saturday afternoon, we'd actually been um, doing some work for my business. Um, n- not, you know, anything in, in sort of intense, but... Um, and then she went down to visit her, her mum uh, and her mum lived quite close to where the party was being held that Ben was at. And I had left my office and I'd gone into the kitchen uh, to get something to eat or something to drink. And so I didn't have my phone with me. And one of Ben's very good friends uh, was trying to contact the two of us to tell us what had happened. I didn't get the call and Linda, Linda got the call, my wife. And so she actually got to uh, the party before the the ambulances had arrived and she saw Ben in, you know, in the position that he was and the state that he was. 
it was about 10 minutes later that I actually finally got the call come through to me and I was a little bit further away. So by the time I arrived at, at, at the location, um, the paramedics and the police were there. So her experience of that day and my experience of it are, are different because of the immediacy of, of what she witnessed and what she ex experienced. And um, so I think it would be very hard, for example, for you to have the conversation you're having with me now with her yeah. because of that. Um, I, I, I saw Ben when he came out uh, with, the, with the paramedics and, I mean, he looked, he looked okay. And, and I really, I thought, and I try to be a positive person all the, you know, as, as much as I can be, and I really thought he'll be okay. You know, he's going to get good treatment and they'll be doing whatever they can. They had a helicopter there by that stage to take him directly to North Shore Hospital. When we were driving to North Shore Hospital, my wife was saying to me, I don't think he's going to survive, Jeff. I just don't think he's going to survive. And I I now understand why she felt that way because she had seen him yeah. at the time and she understood much better than I did what what, what the injuries were that he, he'd sustained. And... Um, and and then when when we got to the hospital, it, it's it's just so surreal. You can't believe that you are actually in this position. You cannot believe that someone is telling you that there's a, there's a very good chance that your that your child is not going to last the rest of the day. You just it's incomprehensible. Yeah, I imagine even for you, like that that having to process not just your own stuff, but the fact that your wife had to see that, but I imagine for you, there must be part of you that, well, I don't know, like were, were you thinking, should I have been there? Like were you having all of those, you know, with any grief, you start thinking about all the different possibilities. Could I have done something different? Like was it were those thoughts for you? I mean, as I mentioned earlier, that we, we had had the opportunity to to allow Ben to have the party at our house and, and for, you know, an understandable reason at the time, we didn't allow him to have it at our house. And what, what might've happened if we, you know, if we'd had it at our house, almost certainly the events that took place would not have occurred and, and he'd still be with us. Um, and, and yes, there's a sense of guilt for me that I didn't get there in time to have been with my wife and, and, and Ben, while, you know, he was fighting for his life. But I have worked out pretty quickly that um, you can, you can turn yourself around in, 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 you can turn yourself into knots, you know, if you try to, and my wife went through this for a period of time where she was trying to reimagine how things might have happened, could have happened, should have happened. But in the end, you end back, where you are, which is that he's 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 no longer with us, and and nothing that we can do now uh, can make any difference to that. Um, and, and and that's also one of the reasons why I mentioned that I've never really um, cross-examined any of his friends about exactly how things unfolded because I I'm pretty sure that there's nothing that I am going to find out. It's going to make me feel better. 
but there, but there is a possibility that something I might find out might make me feel much worse um, about how the course of events unfolded that led to him being in that position. Um, could you know? Could people have changed it? Could people have stopped it? All those sorts of things. Um, it, but but it it can't bring him back. And there's so in the end, it, it would be a fruitless exercise. And so one other thing that we did within a day or two after Ben's death. A whole bunch of his friends were gathered at a at a house uh, to sort of remember him, and I knew I knew that they were there, and um, I, I went there that day, um, and I, I I didn't really know what I was going to do, but in the end, I, I guess I made a a short speech and said to them, "Look, I just we just want you guys to know that we don't hold you responsible in any way for what's happened with Ben because." He made his own choices. He made his own decisions, and 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 we don't blame anybody. Um, and it felt very important to do that because we had a, a very good relationship with a lot of his friends, and we still do. Um, yeah. But I know that there's a possibility that that might not have been the case if we if we hadn't cleared the air in that way. Yeah, I, I just got goosebumps all through that. I feel. That's would have been a really important thing for all of those to hear, all of them to hear. Like you imagine the guilt they would have been feeling, and and all you know the same sort of thing, right? And that they were all there experiencing it. Um, I I wonder because okay, so from so from my experience is that if there's something there that needs to be examined, like it will need to be examined at some point, so. So eventually you will need to have that conversation, even if it's only on your own. Um, well, and- the, 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 the whole thing had, was investigated, um, there, you know, and I, I believe that there was even some video footage and the police took statements and all that sort of stuff, um, but I've never pursued it um, and I, um, I don't think I ever will um, because, as I say, I just can't see that there's anything that will come out of that that will... That will um, that will make me feel any any better about um, you know what happened. Yeah, and how. yeah. So so I should uh, rephrase that. Not to find out what happened necessarily, but if there's anything, you know, you know enough to from the process you've been through the writing that emotion spills out when you do the writing and when you're processing. If there's anything there that needs still needs to be processed, right? Well, it will still need to be processed at some point. Not, not the finding out about the how, because, because, like you said, that doesn't change things. But if you go into that conversation and and you feel worse as a result of it, well, then that worse was always sitting in the system. It's it's the ability to look at anything through that space and go, well, yep, I've that was really horrific when that first had had that come up in my thoughts, which is what you go. It's the grieving process, right? It's yeah. all of those little bits of um, unresolved stuff that kind of sit there, which is a, a lot of the conversations that we have here is not so much the immediate stuff, but then what sort of unfolds afterwards. So um, that I would I would just say that that might be something for you to reflect on in your own time. If, you, if you're not ready and you're never ready to have that conversation with any of them, that's absolutely fine it would be a worthwhile exercise just to examine what or what might you find out and and again probably for you it's going to be the best done in writing to get it just to get it out and get it away 
Yeah, well, look, I mean, it's it's interesting that I've written a lot of uh, articles um, uh, and posted them on the Beniverse. Hmm. One that I haven't written yet is about is about the actual day. Uh, I mean, I've, I've I've started it, but I haven't finished it. And I I, I think to your point, um, that's that's a very that will will be a very significant um, moment when I'm able to put that all together and 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 feel like it tells the story uh, the way it needs to be told. So I, I do agree with you about that. Um, yeah, you there's, there's, some, there's something that is still unresolved there. How, how did you then go like forward from there? Like you go through the, the process that we all go through. One of the big realizations for me is like after a few weeks, everyone gets back to their day to day life. And then that's when you start going, well, now what do I do? Like that's when the sort of real stuff works for those that are closest to the person, right? I, I think there were two two choices that we made very very early, which were which were really important. One of them I've already touched on, which was we didn't we made a conscious decision not to try to find anybody to blame uh, for what had happened. That that it was a choice being made, and and it was a it was just a, a terrible error of judgment on his part. That, that was the first choice. And the second choice we made, which, which I also think was very significant and important, was to open up our house to everybody and anybody who wanted to be part of what we were going through. Um, and probably for the next two or three weeks, we had people come to our house, sometimes in large numbers, uh, every day. And, and there was, to, to some extent, that was exhausting, but it was also, I think, incredibly important. And I realise now, um, as time has passed since, that what that allowed people to do was to share in our grief. And it, it's, it's probably tempting as a parent to think, well, no one can be feeling worse than you are because you've lost your child. But everybody's feeling it. Everybody's, his friends our friends, even people that we didn't know of who had been connected to Ben in some way were given as a result of us doing that the, the, the invitation to share. And, I mean, I, I, I just, I, I've gotten, it's not something I would have expected that I would have done, hmm. but, we, but we did it and I'm so glad that we did do it because it, it it allowed everyone else to support us and and vice versa in a way that wouldn't have otherwise occurred. Yeah, well said. And again, it comes back to what I mentioned before is that it's a massive credit to you to to through all of this to still find ways to to be able to help others. And from my experience, that's helpful to go to process ourselves. Right is to is to throw ourselves into other people's world around that as well. Importantly, though, you've come back to to processing your own stuff. So, you know, we talked about the the writing. It's for other people, but so much for yourself. So what, what I'd, I'd love to hear more about is um, what, if any, what anger came up through the process or still maybe um, 
because I know that's something that it's part of the grieving process. It's, it's, it's a reality and, and it's normal to feel. I look, and, and I'm sure some people listening will might, might think, uh, well, this, this guy's in denial, but I, I don't believe that I have had any anger and I, I don't feel anger about, about what happened. Um, there's there's incredible, obviously just unbelievable sadness uh, and a sense of loss. Um, not just, and I know I'm sure many people who've uh, experienced this form of grief would probably identify with that, the loss of the the future that you imagined for yourself and your family. Um, that 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 sense of loss is uh, enormous. And, uh, and and never goes away. Um, I don't. I haven't. I haven't felt anger in that in that sense. It's. Um, I, I think my wife had a, a period where that um, manifested itself. Um, I suppose what it does what does happen though, uh, and I, I certainly am conscious of this that you find yourself. Uh, perhaps overreacting to things that have nothing to do with with what you've been through. Uh, you know, you might be somebody might be you might be held up in traffic, or you might drop something, or you might uh, lose something, and you and you your reaction to that minor thing is 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 exaggerated and and uh, and multiplied. Yeah, that that has definitely happened to me many many times. And I think that's clearly, um, you know, just what's underlying uh, all these feelings, uh, these complicated feelings that we have, and they don't know exactly how to express themselves. So that's how they how they come out. I've certainly had had that. Um, yeah, I can very much relate to that. Like I was the same in the years that passed after my dad's passing for for a lot of years. Like 10, 10 plus years, it was that that anger that I always had a sort of underlying frustration, but that 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 would just bubble out in times when, like, yeah, where did that come from? Inappropriate, unwanted, all those different things. Uh, and so, what I've learned is, is that yeah, like we, we when we don't necessarily allow ourselves to feel the anger, then it does tend to bubble bubble out in those other places. So. Um, Yeah, might be again. Might be something worth writing about just to see what else is there. Just to see what else might be sitting there that that can be processed in that in that healthy way. Um, again, for for other people's benefit as well. I, I know, you know, the, what you described there. It's like you, you get. It's like you're robbed, right? You're robbed of a future that you had sort of set out in your head, and then that gets taken away. And and it's just, you know, that's one of the hardest things, whether it's as a, a parent or if it's your partner passing or something like that, like, yeah, well, what could have been? Yeah, and I suppose one way I've tried to rationalise that is to, is to look at the life that I've had to this point and, and think, I, I think I've experienced happiness in, in a, to an extent and in a way that many people probably never never have and uh, and I feel so grateful for that and 
so I almost perhaps to, to start that again we I have always felt incredibly fortunate throughout my life and there was a long period where I actually carried guilt about about how fortunate and lucky I felt I had been there a tremendous sense of guilt um, and and that was a complicated emotion because I didn't really know what to make of it after Ben died I still feel enormously grateful and fortunate for, for so much of what I've been through, but I don't carry the guilt anymore. The guilt, the guilt is gone. Yeah, and and um, so you, uh, and, and so I, I still look at uh, what, life's delivered to me and think I have I really can't if I was to complain about my situation think of all the millions billions of people who are who are in, in you know facing uh, horrendous circumstances every single day and and will know a life in which they have nothing else but that um, and yet and yet I you know so Yes, it's been a, a, a really tragic, tragic event to lose my son, um, but there is still so much about life for me to be grateful for. And I, an expression I always say, a, a, a thing I try and say to myself over and over again is, you know, find the joy. Keep trying to find the joy in what, yeah, love you, it. In what you do have rather than um, focusing on the tragedy and part of what's helped also helped me to do that i think is is maintaining an ongoing connection with ben in my own mind i, I was not a person who believed in uh i'm I not a religious person i didn't believe in the afterlife um but there have been a lot of uh, uh, incidents that have uh, occurred since ben's died that makes me feel this there's, there's some ongoing connection to him and and whether I'm deluding myself or not really doesn't matter because I've been able to draw great comfort from it and it and it's it's made me feel like we still have a relationship and that's that's been really really powerful and 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 helpful for me yeah awesome um and that's a good little lead into my next question but I just want to ask one more question there because it's the long-term listeners of this song with this song this uh, show would know that I've talked about both of these things a lot. And one of them was what you described before is when we often look out at the world and we go, well, we sort of justify our own pain by saying, well, there are other people who got it worse off. It's like, um, you know, you've got a sporting background, right? It's like if we, if you, if you, if you look at your, your batting averages or bowling averages or whatever in cricket and you're making comparisons to what other people have got going on, then you, you'll lose track of your own improvement. But it comes back to the, your own journey being the important thing. So while, while you like did say that you looked at things like that, the writing that you're doing is keeping you on track so that you, are always conscious of the journey. It's, I, I, I don't know how often you do this, but it would be a fascinating read for you to go back and review the timeline and just see how much you've grown through all of that. I think that would be amazing. Well, the journals that, I, that I've got, uh, 
allow me to do that. That's that's why I definitely, you know, would would say to anybody in a similar situation uh, that they're such a valuable thing because uh, as well as being able to uh, process memories, you know, you know, uh, uh, you're you're able to revisit those and 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 see, you know, your own your own path. Uh, so yeah, I, I I completely agree with that. That that's the sort of private journals that I'm talking about. But even the even even my uh, the public writings that I've done um, have um, are still helpful from that point of view. And uh, and and a lot, but occasionally I will go back and read a particular article, um, and sometimes I'll find something in it that I I had forgotten that I'd written, and it and it can be. It can be really, really helpful. Um, so, yeah, th- those those ways of um, continuing to process what's going on inside, and just as this conversation we're having today is is, is enormously helpful because when you say things aloud or when you write them down, yeah. you are uh, you, you. I find that I'm articulating them in a way that makes them more real and more. Um, and, and easier to process because when you're just carrying all these a multiplicity of thoughts around in your head, you're never really hundred percent sure what you're feeling. But but when you when you speak aloud or when you put it down on paper, it suddenly you know suddenly there it is, and you realise okay, that's that's what's going on. And and maybe I didn't even understand all of it. And I do find this with a lot of the articles that I write. They start off in one way and and they develop a life of their own and they and I end up with something that was quite different to what I thought I was going to get and I actually really I really enjoy that experience to end up with a with a with a piece of writing that's that's uh, gone down a path that I I didn't know was there uh, and, and that's 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 uh, um, it's it's almost exciting in a way to to un uh, to unveil your own um, thought patterns um, in a sort of, uh, in a meaningful way. Yeah, well said. I think ultimately whatever our story is, whatever our journey has been, we just want someone to hear it and, and acknowledge it because, like, we why would we not? Like, we're, if we're doing things alone and we're completely disconnected, but we we want to be able to connect with people and, and what better way to do it through our story. It's how we've been doing it for millennia, right? And I, and I love how you describe that when sometimes the, the, the writing just gets a life of its own. To me, that's when you, you, you're tapping into that, uh, that higher place, whether it's the intuitive side of you or whether you're connecting to to an energy that where Ben's guiding you, like, again, it doesn't really matter what the beliefs are around that. It's, it's impactful when it just unfolds like that. And it, like you described before we jumped on it, it allows you to feel closer to him now than you ever did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, I seek him out, um, a lot. Uh, we, cause you know, there was a lot of me in him. Uh, he, he, he and I were very similar in a lot of ways. And um, we, I mean, he, he was, I, I describe him in all honesty as one of the smartest people that I've ever met. 
not not I mean he 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 did very well academically, um, particularly at university. But I, I I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about this thirst for knowledge and 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 understanding things, not just remembering things and putting them down, you know, in answers to questions, but actually understanding the world around him. He 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 was um, a really interesting person from that point of view, and so I looked ahead to, you know, I, I thought, wow, it's, it's going to be great to follow his path and to, to keep having the discussions, some of which we'd already had about, you know, big questions, you know, because he, he enjoyed thinking about big questions. And I know he had some of, some of his friends that um, for whom that was such an important part of his friendship was that, that they were able to talk to him about the, you know the big questions of life, um, yeah. and and uh, I, I miss the fact that uh, we aren't going to be able to have any more of those. But in a way, I, I think I am still having them because yeah. I, I'm I'm still talking to him, um, yeah. and and uh, that that feels very very important. Yeah, well said, and and it, when I have guests who have come on that have that have had someone pass, it's the conversation invariably goes there. Like that was my experience. That the the night that my dad passed, I'm I'm having a shower talking to him. Like it just seems so normal and natural. And uh, one of my previous guests talked about how it's everyone says it's acceptable. Then like it's a normal reaction. But if you say that you're still doing it a few years later, then people look at you like you're crazy. And it's like, well, why? Like it's it's part of the process and until you've been through it, you, you just don't know, right? Like, and you've got to make sense of, of the world the best that you can. And I feel like I'm saying this every other week. It's like, why would you not want to believe that they're still there in some form that you can connect to? Like what, yeah. a, what a beautiful way to, to be able to honour their existence, to be continuing to communicate. Yeah. Yeah, and well, look, we've had a number of, a number of those. I mean... One that one that I can, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people possibly can relate to this, but um, and it's a it's a crazy little thing, but you know, um, car number plates, car number plates that have his name or his his initials um, become carry carry extraordinary you know significance, and it's it's a and, and you know that it's a bizarre thing because those cars are being driven by people who never met Ben and don't know anything about me or my loss and so on. But last year um, we uh, went, we were travelling up to the Hunter Valley for a wedding. And it was the wedding of uh, Ben's girlfriend's sister. Um, and it was a wedding that we probably wouldn't have been invited to if Ben had still been here. But if he had been here, he would have been in the wedding party. Yeah. So it was, it was a very emotional um experience just to to be going to that and um we were driving up on the expressway towards uh, the hunter valley and of course we were thinking about him uh and about you know this was a day that this would have been such a a big day for him and an exciting day for him and he would have been part of that wedding party and as i was driving along there was a car in the in the left hand lane and it, and it had an uh, number plate BC, BC, and then two, two digits, and then two more letters, and I just sort of, you know, 
made a little mental note of that. Yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, not long after that, um, a, a car came into my rearview mirror, and it was another a, a different car, and it had a BC number plate as well. BC being my my son Ben's initials, Ben Cordner. Yeah. So, at this point, I've got the a car BC on my left. I've got a car that's BC directly behind me. And I yeah. sort of, I, and at this point, I, I tapped my wife on the shoulder. I said, I said, we've got BC right there and BC directly behind us. And then she's looking at me and she taps me back on the shoulder and points across me. And on the right hand side, another car has come up, drawn alongside at that very moment. And it's another BC number plate vehicle. No way. And so we have got one on our left, one on our right, and one directly behind us. And we were just, we were shaking, you know, like you just couldn't, it was just extraordinary. The chances of that happening, as I say, these are cars being driven by people who know nothing about our situation, but they were all there at that moment as we're driving to this wedding. And to add to that, about half an hour later, as we go to pull off the expressway, another car, a fourth car, not one of the other three, that had a BC number plate, went from the right-hand lane right across in front of me to take the same exit that we were going to take and then led us off the expressway up towards the Hunter Valley. It, it was just, it was crazy. And and it, it, it feels, I mean, you know, talking about it, you think, well, of course there's explanations for that, but it means so much to you in that moment because you feel like somehow he's he's there with you sending you a message to say i know you're thinking about me and i'm thinking about you too yeah wonderful and and again whether you believe in it being uh, divinely timed or just the incredible tapestry of life how it all weaves together it it it's mind blowing that yeah. like when you're having this you're going on this trip which is significant for Ben and you're thinking about him and then, and then that shows up and uh, it's, it's just so comforting, right? To know, like, it's like, okay, he's just reminding us he's there with us. It's like protection almost. Yeah, it it, it is. Uh, And, you know, I know it doesn't make, much much sense from a from a logic point of view but somehow um it it, it feels really significant and uh it, it it made it made the day for us um it was already an emotional day of course um but but uh you know that just made us feel like he was still part of it somehow ah that's beautiful thank you for sharing that jeff I do have I do have a couple of other stories uh, similar similar of a similar kind and and they're you know they're they're quite quite bizarre but yeah go on share share another one I'd love to hear it well th- this one relates to the period when we just around the time that we were trying to uh, to to finalise the the grave the headstone that we were going to put on on Ben's grave and uh, and and putting getting a plaque done and um, uh, so these events all take place on, on one day. It was in December 2019. And um, I, uh, 
I was looking online that morning and uh, there was an article about the, uh, the uh, one of the uh, members of the band, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, who's known as Flea. Uh, and I had always thought that he was a, um, uh, he was born in Australia. But the article I was reading didn't, didn't say anything about that, even though it was an article about an autobiography that he had written. So I, um, I thought I'm just going to do a quick look and, and confirm what I thought I knew. And it confirmed that, yes, Michael Balzari, he was born as, and he was born in Australia. And then I noticed his birthday, 16th of October, 1962. Now, Ben's birthday is the 16th of October. Uh, so, and, and, uh, and then I thought there's something else I remember about this guy, Flea. Uh, now I know he's got the same birthday as Ben. There's something in the back of my mind. And I went back and I had a look through the autobiography of, of the Red Hot Chili Peppers lead singer, Anthony Kiedis. And he talks about when he and Flea were young, teenagers, jumping off the roof of building into a swimming pool. Oh. And, and which is, of course, the manner in which Ben ended up um, losing his life. And, and Anthony Kiedis actually caught the edge of the pool on one occasion and didn't and suffered some serious injuries, but but survived. I'm thinking, wow, this is you know these two points of connection now: the birth date and then this uh, this event. So anyway, that day I go to uh, the cemetery because I wanted to look at at gravestones and see what colour plaque there were plaques they had that I thought would be appropriate for for someone of Ben's age and. Uh, and so I, I was walking around the, the cemetery and I was only looking at coloured plaques just because I didn't we didn't want a black one or a grey one. Somehow I end up standing in front of this plaque that is not black, uh, sorry, that's not coloured, it's a grey one. And I look down and and it's the name of somebody I know, a guy I went to school with. Oh, wow. and, I, and I'm thinking, how did I end up standing here because... I didn't even know this guy was dead and I felt terrible and I started I burst into tears because he was a guy who I spent, you know, years seven to ten with at school. Yeah. And and uh, I thought this is this is bizarre. How did I get to this place? And um, and then I got home and I started telling my son and my wife about it and, and they were saying to me, are you sure it's the same guy that you went to school with? And I was like, well, yeah, I am. I am sure it. And I, and and he had a. I remember the the middle name from the plaque uh, on his grave had his middle name, and I didn't know his middle name. And um, then I remember I remembered I had a book that's got the names of all the people who'd been through my school, uh, and so I was able to go and look him up. And yes, it was the same, it was the same um, middle name, Anthony, and um, that that's when I noticed his date of birth, which was the Sorry. 16th of October, 1962, the same date as Flea and both of them sharing a birthday with my son, Ben. And those things all happened on the same day. Wow. And I, I, I just, I, I thought, how, what are the chances of all of that um, coming together on one particular day? It's, it's, it's extraordinary. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, that's that's just another one of these what I call beniverse beniverse stories, where uh, the the beniverse is what I call you know Ben's ongoing uh, if influence on the world, and um, 
and it it feels like you know there there are moments like that that come along quite regularly, much more often than you than you would think was possible. Well, personally, that's been my experience as well, and and I imagine for many of the listeners as well, they've they've had that similar experience, and and again, it's that it just brings so much comfort and. Uh, it's like an acknowledgement that that yeah I'm st- still here still here uh, yeah it's very good. Sorry, I've just been distracted by my dog pacing up and down. Uh, <laughs> so I imagine going through something like that with having your um, your family so impacted that that it must have put some strain on the three of you. Did did that happen? Like, did did it? Like, how did it impact your other son, Tim? Like, like, what sort of things unfolded, and, and how did you cope with those? Tim, Tim's the, the oldest son. He he's one of those. I mean, he. If you if you could wish a child for any parent, it would be someone like Tim. He was such an easy kid to bring up. He was. He was well behaved. He was uh, responsible and um, conscientious. Uh, he was great at sport. Made lots of friends. I mean, he was just—he was a perfect kid. And uh, a couple of days after Ben died, uh, and I said to you earlier that we we had invited a lot of people into our home, and it was quite a an exhausting period. And I I went into my bedroom um, and and just lay on the bed at one stage and just. You know, I was just, uh, I was just exhausted mentally and, and physically. And he came in and, and just sat on the bed next next to me. And we just, you know, shared a moment, I suppose. And I, I said to him, Tim, I hope that you don't feel that you have to be anything more for us than what you already are because Ben's not here anymore. And he said to me, I, I want to be more. And I said, mate, you are everything that we could ever have wanted in a son. You couldn't be any more for us. So please don't try. Um, we just... We just need you to be with us, and um, he he he's continued to live with us for those next few years. Um, when he he wouldn't have done, he was at, at, when Ben died. He was twenty four, just turned twenty five that year. He was getting ready to to move out, and he hasn't. Um, and he he will be. He's going overseas this year, and when he comes back, I know that he'll go and live in his own place uh, with friends or, or, or whatever works at that time. But, uh, you know, that's what he did for us. Um, wow. he, knew that, he knew that continuing to be part of our lives was was what, that's what we needed the most, um, even yeah. though, you know, and, and, and to be fair, I think he needed it too because, um, you know, he'd lost his only sibling and, and they were getting to the point in their lives there where they were becoming really really close and uh so you know I, I, it was important for all of us 
And the other thing that happened at, at a very similar time was my wife and I speaking to one another and, and she saying, we're not going to let this break us, are we? And, and me saying, no, we're not. And we, and we haven't. And uh, I think, you know, we've become closer than, than ever. You know, we, I think we're always a strong couple, but I think um, an experience like this, it can, it, perhaps it can be a little bit make or break and hopefully it's, it's uh, you know, we, we've, we've recommitted to each other and um, we just know that this is something that we need to, to, to move through together. Yeah, and, and for the listeners who, who haven't just seen your reaction to, reaction to all of that is like I can tell that it's there's a tightness within the three of you that, that words can't express, like the emotion that, that I just saw coming up. And, and to me, it's a massive credit to to the sort of people that you were to your boys prior to this happening and the sort of boys that, that they have become is, yeah, it's a massive credit. And then to be able to go through all of this and... And to hear your son say that, like, it must be, I know this, like, you, you don't need more, but there must have been an element of pride of, like, of, like, you know, wow, like, in this moment, he's, he still wants, he still wants to improve. Yeah, well, look, as I say, that's, um, that's the sort of person that he is. He's, uh, I don't know, I don't know if, uh, if you've seen a TV show that's on recently called Jury Duty. Uh, it's mm-hmm. on one of the... It's on one of the streaming services. It's it's about a um, it's about a guy, a young man who who gets called up for jury duty, and he um, he thinks it's a real court case, but it isn't. It's actually it's all being done for the purpose of a of a TV show. So he's the only person who doesn't know that. And by the end of the show, what's what's happened is that he's, he's become the friend and hero of everybody else in the. In, in the whole show just by being who he is and that's 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 my son Tim you know he is just somebody who's never made an enemy in his life he's uh he's a just a great friend great teammate uh loves his sport um and he's a great son and um we're so fortunate you know that um that he's still part of part of our family and, and, and somebody that we, we can continue to, to, to share uh, our life with. And, you know, he's going overseas next week for three or four months. And uh, I was, I'm really excited for him um, to, be, to be doing that after, as I say, living at home basically all of his life. But equally, I'm, I'm just slightly terrified as well uh, because, you know, he's, he's everything to us. Uh, so we want him to go and, and, and experience all those wonderful things that are available to him. Uh, but there's that little part of us that's, uh, as I say, that's, that's terrified too, that he's, uh, he's going to be um, away from us. Yeah, I bet. Uh, and again, I can't even imagine uh, what that would be like. But uh, again, credit to you to, to give him that space to be able to go and explore and as difficult as that may be. Um, for me, losing my dad was a moment of like, well, I, I need to be better. 
now you've just des- described how um, your son said that too, like wanting to be better, needing to be better. Like, was there, did that unfold for you as well? Where, where it's like, oh, well, there are maybe some areas in my life I need to lift my game. It's, it's a very interesting question. Uh, I was sitting down having a, a, a meal with a mate um, just very recently and he, is, he lost his sister to suicide about a month before Ben died. So we have some things to talk about. Uh, you know, it's the sort of conversations that we can have, the two of us, that are much harder to have when you're in a larger group. Yeah. Um, and so we did talk about a lot of uh, emotional stuff. And he said to me uh, at one point, do you, do you think you're a better person uh, since, ben, since Ben died, and, uh, which is sort of similar to what you've just asked? And I said to him, I, I don't know. I don't know, and I think it's probably going to be for other people to judge that. But I, one thing I do know is that I'm a different person. I'm, yeah. a, very, I'm a very different person to the person um, that I was. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it's for others to judge uh, whether, we're, whether we're better or worse because in the end it, it's only what we, what we do in the company of others that, that really counts um, in, terms of the, in terms of the influence that we leave on or mark that we leave on the world. Yeah. And it's for them, it's for them to tell us uh, whether we're doing it well or we're not. Um, but I, I do feel that, yes, I'm very different. Prior to pr- the other very significant event in my past that has also shaped me was losing my nephew to suicide about 10 years before my son Ben died. And that, that shaped me in terms of being a father because I, it suddenly became so apparent to me that, you know, we're on really fragile ground you know, with, with our young people, um, although I've always, I, I'd never, I've never, well, no, I shouldn't say I've never been concerned because there were moments with my son Ben where I, I worried about whether or not he was, uh, you know, he was going to do something to harm him, harm himself not because he had mental health issues, because, but just because he was a very emotional and volatile kind of character. But having lost my nephew, I applied myself, you know, keeping an eye on the boys and, and, and just monitoring them through, through, you know, through all sorts of situations in a way that I never would have done if I hadn't lost my nephew. Um, so I learned, I, you know, I, I just wish I hadn't had to learn that lesson that way, mm. um, to, you know, to be so uh, diligent and, and switched on to, to not just to what they were doing at school and sport and everything, but just emotionally. I, um, I wish I hadn't had to learn it, that lesson that way. Um, but, because, but because I did, because that did happen in the, in the years between losing my son Daniel and losing my son Ben, the relationship that was formed with Ben was so much tighter and more, you know, more meaningful because of that. Um, and that's why having lost him, I don't carry, I, I, I feel like we, we knew exactly how we felt about each other and, and that means so much when you know you're never going to see him again. 
to know that you told him and showed him exactly how you felt through the time that you were together means so much. Yeah. Um, it comes back to something we've talked about a few times is like, we can't change the past, but we can find what positives we can. So <clears throat> was that one of your siblings that, that lost their son? Like my, my, my sister had lost her son, her youngest. Uh, and the other thing that came out of that was the, the example she, she set for me, which I didn't think I would ever have to call upon yeah. of, of how to, of how to, how to deal with such a profound loss and the courage and the um, the dignity that she showed through that uh, experience and beyond was something that I was able to draw upon when we found ourselves in the same situation, albeit for different reasons. And, uh, you know, and the way that she continued to be such a, an empathetic and sympathetic human being to others even though she had already been through this this terrible tragedy, uh, that that was enormously uh, uh, she she set an incredibly powerful example, which uh, which I'm very very grateful for, and I tell her that uh, constantly because she she'll say things to me from time to time and give me compliments, and I I say well you know this is the only reason we, that I'm able to, to do what I do is because of having seen you. Do it, and um, and and uh, I, I wish that neither of us had had to lean on the other one in that way. But uh, that, that's 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 the cards that we've been dealt. So we have to, we just have to uh, make the best of it that we can. Have Have you had some sort of deeper conversations, the two of you, in in the last few years around the like what you've both been through? Yeah, we have. We have. We're very close, and uh, I think. A bond like that uh, is something that, you know, you just know that the other one knows, you know, there's this sort of unspoken understanding of, of what you're going through. And she, you know, I remember dates that are important, that are significant for her and she does for me. And it may be as time passes that nobody else is remembering those dates anymore, but, um, but we do and we're able to connect with um, uh, only a month before Ben died. Um, my sister and I went for a walk on, on her son's birthday. Uh, he would have been, um, he would have been 20, uh, 26 that, that on that day. And we just talked about, you know, losing him and, and, and also those sorts of things. But, it, you know, to think that a month later, uh, I was going to be in the same situation. It's just unthinkable. But to have somebody like her um, um, close by uh, was was incredibly um, important. And the, the night that Ben died, you know, she was the person I rang from the hospital uh, to, to to tell her, you know, that there I was standing next to his body. It was just. Um, it was just uh, an extraordinary situation to be in, and I, although that's a huge burden to place on somebody, I knew that she was the right person to share it with because she understood. Yeah, like no one else would have. Yeah, 
Mm. What a what a gift from your sister. Wow. Well, for each other, I imagine, in, in so much of that. So you uh, in your bio, you mentioned it. You, know, you played business was significant and and it sounds like you've lived a very full life and you still found time to play elite level sport and even back in into that space now the over 50s new south wales team which i love um has has what you've been through uh, empowered you or inspired you to, to to go back into that space and and get involved there or has it been something else uh well cricket's always been a big part of my life uh, uh, my dad was. My dad played a, a few first-class games of cricket, uh, a couple for Victoria and one for Warwickshire, and he uh, was a big influence on my life. And when I was 17, we played cricket together. Um, that was something that, you know, I, I just enjoyed so much. Yeah. And uh, the opportunity presented itself when I was uh, – when, when my boys were teenagers to, to play initially with Tim, the older one, and then subsequently with Ben, and then to play with them both together. Um, wow. And and it's it, – I can't describe – I cannot describe how much of a thrill that's, that was um, to do that um, and, and to – and for them to be willing to do it. Uh, you know, obviously as the dad, you know, I'm going to jump at the opportunity, but for them – to be willing to, to do it as well. And we went on a cricket tour in 2016. Um, and again, I've got to give huge thanks to my wife as well because she's been with us on that journey, the cricket journey uh, for many, many years. But the four of us were part of a, a cricket tour in 2016 and the boys and I got to play together and my wife Linda was there with us and it was unbelievable. It was just the greatest, you know, cricket joy that I've that I've had to be playing with them and um, you're not going to believe me when I tell you but we we played the first three games of that tour and uh, the opposition awarded us man of the man of the match trophies uh, in those games and the first game my son Tim won the man of the match the second game my son Ben won the man of the match and the next game it was me and you just, you, if someone had written that, I would have said, well, that, you know, preposterous. But that, it happened. It actually happened. And it was just, yeah, it, it, wow. was, it, was, it was incredible. And, um, and and when Ben died, the three of us were playing in the same club team back here. And uh, we, we, were, we were running about fourth or something in the competition. And and uh, and uh, we, we talked about whether to keep playing and Tim and I, decided that we would keep playing and we ended up we didn't lose another game um for wow. the the reason and, and so somehow that felt like uh you know that was something special that we would that we we're doing for ben um and the last day the last day of cricket that he ever played uh the 19th of january 2019 i remember we we finished the game and we won outright which wasn't something that happened very often yeah. and he was he was walking around he was a wicket keeper and he was walking around to the group and he had his wicket-keeping gloves in his in his hands and he was slapping them together. And he's just going, how good is cricket, boys? How good's cricket? And, and uh, that's that little phrase, how good's cricket, that has become now the uh, the motto for our club. And uh, we, we wear it on our shirts and it's 
it's something really, really special. The club um, has uh, has adopted it and just has it's just made uh, his connection uh, a permanent one. And um, and uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful for that support. Oh wow! I've got goosebumps through all of that. Uh, the fact that you went and won the comp, and then and then to have that uh, his words immortalised on with the team. That's uh, yeah, so so good. And just one uh, one other thing, I, I haven't touched on it yet, um, Ian. But I mean, the support of that uh, of that club was just enormous. The way they embraced us and made us feel part of that and, and put Ben's initials on all the premiership caps that were given out to the team and just just so many little things that they did. They, they helped us put together a, a, a celebration of Ben's life a, one year after he had died on Australia Day 2020. We had like 200, 250 people um, come along that day and the cricket club, you know, helped put all of that together. But there was, an, there was another institution that was hugely influential in supporting us and that was um epping boys high school which is where the boys had gone to school and yep. ben, had, ben had been the vice captain there and within within days uh, of ben's death they even though neither of the boys had been at that school for for more than three years they treated us like we were still current parents and they got us in they got the kids in to do you know the, the kids who had been at the party they got them in and did counselling for them, and, wow. they ended, um, and and they ended up hosting, uh, offering to host uh, Ben's, the celebration of Ben's life at the school. We had a thousand people come, and the, you know the te- former teachers, the principal, prefects. It was just amazing, amazing support that they gave us, and um, I think most institutions would aspire to to that kind of support but to actually have it delivered to you at the time that you most needed it uh it, it was it was just uh, something that we, we will never forget um, that that is like if if you look at the grief experience often people don't know what to say uh but actions just say everything and for them, like, instead of saying, oh, we can offer you counselling, just arrange it, make it happen. Yeah, like, yeah. Give those boys a space. Like, wow, that, that's amazing. Now, I've, I went to Nominos Boys, so we, we had a lot of run-ins with Epping, and they were, they were the, more often than not, they were the team to beat in lots of different areas. Well, it just goes to show that, like, it's, it's, a, it's a cultural thing, right? It's, it's more yeah. than just sport. It's like how they're treating their people and... Um, Wow. Look, and, and last year, uh, Ian, I you know, was incredibly honoured to actually be asked to speak at the, um, the, uh, the speech day for the school, uh, which was a, a very emotional uh, event. And, and it was, I, I mean, I was surprised to be asked because none of the boys who are at the school now uh, were there when, when Ben was there or when Tim, his older brother, was there. But... Uh, the, the the new principal um, uh, Jessica Shardle, um she uh, she was sure that it was something that would would be meaningful um, and she just gave me sort of uh, 
scope to tell the story the way that that I thought it should be told, and uh, it was it was amazing reaction from the, from the students and the parents, and uh, I was really 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 grateful because as we were talking about before, being able to share your story with an audience is uh, is, is incredibly helpful and powerful, and to know that there are people who were there that day who had never met Ben and probably didn't even know his name. And now they're carrying him around with them, just a little bit of him, of his story. And that means a huge amount to us to know that there are people who wouldn't have otherwise known, known of him uh, who, who now do. Yeah, amazing. Um, Jeff, this has been such a great chat. And, and again, I thank you for, for sharing so openly. And I can feel your passion for, for sharing your message what message would you love to share with other people that may have experienced something similar and are still grappling with the situation? What, what, what message of hope or inspiration would you love to share? Look, there's a, there's a, I suppose there's a few things. Um, one is that the importance of uh, your physical and mental health when you're going through this, this sort of process, I think remaining physically healthy uh, uh, is, is I found to be really, really important. Um, trying to avoid reliance on alcohol or drugs, um, which uh, I mean, obviously, it's something that you would you would say for any for anybody. But I think especially when you're going through grief, that perhaps there's a there's a temptation to rely on 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 you know to, to try and numb numb the pain. My approach has been the opposite. I've, I've kind of, I've not embraced the pain, but I've, I wanted to meet it because in meeting it, I feel like I'm honouring the memory of my son. Um, and, and numbing it is, as you pointed out uh, very wisely, and you know, sometimes when we hold things down or we're not solving the problem, we're actually it's completely the opposite. Um, and then being willing to share what you're going through with the people that you know will receive it in, in, in the right manner. Not everybody wants to hear about what you've been through. Um, yeah, and, that, yeah. and I understand that. I totally get that. Um, you know, I think I was a grief coward in the past. I don't think I met and dealt with other people's grief very well at all. So I understand that it's not for everybody. But there are people who, who are great listeners and great sounding boards and, and when you find them it's it's great to be able to share what you're going through and, and of course hopefully to be able to do that for them too for whatever it is that they're battling with it may not be grief but everyone's got something that that's that's challenging them so um and 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 then the other thing would be just to um recommit to the people that you love um, I think that's been a huge thing for us um, to help us get through um, what, what's happened so far, and 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 this, you know, it, it's a, it's an ongoing journey because it's it's not like we've 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 worked out how to solve this problem because it's an insolvable problem. Uh, we will never solve the problem of having lost Ben. Um, all we can do is is try and honour him and, and, and manage our lives from this point forward 
as best we can. And, and as I, I think I mentioned earlier, and just try to keep finding the joy in in what life still has to offer us. Well said. And when can when where can people find out more and read more about the Beniverse and 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 some of those stories that are going to help them to to process their own grief? The website is called Tapping the Beniverse. The um, it's uh, net. So the Beniverse, like the universe, but um, be instead of you www.thebeniverse.net is the uh, is the website uh I've, I've written um about 45 articles so far um and there's many others that i mean i, I know what they're going to include including uh, including as we've touched on uh, the day itself uh, australia day 2019 um so yeah look that, that, those stories cover a lot of ground. They they come at uh, the experience from a, a number of different angles, um, and I, um, including things like like uh, music, um, uh, you know, the, the interrelationship between grief and and music, um, and sport, um, and a whole a whole lot of others besides. So, hopefully, there's something that everybody can find to connect to in there somewhere love it and actually when when you sent me the details and i jumped on the first article i was drawn to was the one around music so before we, we wrap up is there something you can share there about um about that connection for you and ben and music ben was uh he loved going to festivals he was a he was a Great dancer, loved dancing uh, amongst his peer group. He was he was one that always liked to get up on the dance floor first. Uh, one of the things we always encouraged the boys when they were young was to just don't feel self conscious, just get up there and do it. Um, it's for other people to worry about about uh, uh, how you look, and and you don't need to worry. So he loved all of that, uh, and we used to uh, share you know music um, from time to time. Uh, and I can remember on his on his twenty first birthday, the actual day of his birthday, we were we'd we'd been to the cricket store, Kingsgrove Sports, to buy some cricket gear for his, the, the upcoming season. And I was just in in seventh heaven, you know. He, here we are. He's committing to a new season. We're buying cricket gear together. Yeah. And then on the on the way home, I said, "Well, you got your party coming up on Saturday night. Um, you know, have you put a playlist together?" And um, he said, oh, look, I'm thinking of it. I haven't done it yet." I said, well, here's a, here's a couple of ideas. And I, and I had a, my iPod uh, in the car and I started playing him a whole bunch of songs, some of which were from my era, some of them were more, more recent. I'm saying, what about this one? What about this one? What about this one? And he was humouring me by, he's saying, yeah, oh, no, that one's okay. I, but it was just such a, it was such a, a wonderful uh, afternoon in the car playing music and, and, and talking about the individual songs and lyrics and, yeah, it was a great point of connection that we had, and so there's still lots and lots of songs that you know we shared that I that I, that have meaning for me. But there's a lot of new songs that I've found since he died, which which also uh, carry new meaning because of of what's happened. And uh, and whether you want to feel uplifted or you or you or you need to maybe express some emotion 
through tears or, or sadness. Uh, music is just an incredible way of, of expressing that. And, um, and that and the article that I wrote talks about all of those things. Um, and 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 I'm sure any, anybody listening who who's uh, who's experienced grief or loss uh, will have pieces of music that that resonate really strongly for them. Um, you know, f for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I started writing some ideas for some uh, some other podcast episodes too, because that's that's been my experience. Songs songs from the past, but then also, um, I don't know, certain songs from the past. It's almost like I can hear my dad singing, and then and then there are certain songs that you see you discover later that the words are just so perfect that that just makes so much sense of what you've experienced, what you're going through, and and it again just gives so much uh peace within yourself so yeah um looking forward to reading some more of those too jeff thank you you're very welcome and then Ian and i again i'm really grateful to you for uh for giving me the, the time and the opportunity to uh to speak to you and to anybody who's listening um because it it, it, it does mean a lot to be able to share the story and 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 hopefully there's some people out there now who are, are also part of the Beniverse because uh, hopefully they, they know about Ben now and maybe if they're in, interested to do so, find out even more about him. Well said. Thanks again, Jeff. I really appreciate everything that you've shared and, and your inspiring message that you're sharing with the world. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Ian. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Grief Code podcast. Thank you so much for listening please share it with a friend or family member that you know would benefit from hearing it too. If you are truly ready to heal your unresolved or unknown grief, let's chat. Email me at info at ianhawkinscoaching.com. You can also stay connected with me by joining the Grief Code community at ianhawkinscoaching.com forward slash the grief code. And remember, so that I can help even more people to heal, please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform.